Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. This is a solo cast. It's just me today. I felt compelled to share some key insights in how you can do a front desk makeover using the AHA method that I use in my Catalyst program. So if you're new to this podcast, I am an ex-family practice doctor who burned out. And once I burned out, I started running and drawing and painting and unlocking flow state, which was a very productive state of feeling in the zone, feeling almost euphoric. And it's actually the only time your brain produces all five neurochemicals of happiness. This launched me on the trajectory to investigate flow and how it can mitigate our own stress cortisol levels. I then resigned and opened up my own functional medicine practice in my small community. Fast forward several years, and now I'm certified through the Flow Research Collective. And my mission is based on one premise, that if we can teach healthcare practitioners how to tap into their own creative flow state, we could eradicate burnout. But until then, I am unlocking and teaching a million healthcare practitioners slowly how they can use these principles. I am up to 65,000. And today marks another step in that journey. If you have ever felt like you just can't find the right staff or you're a revolving door and you feel like you're very inefficient in your own office practice, this is the episode for you. I'm going to share the AHA approach so that you can immediately add more flow into your day and build your own culture of collaboration. Burnout is signified by three things, depersonalization, low perceived achievement, and emotional exhaustion. And guess what? It's not just you as a practitioner, but your staff can feel burned out when they don't feel like they have any personal stake in the office daily tasks, or they feel like they're not sure if they're hitting the mark. They aren't achieving things because maybe there's no feedback. And soon they're running on fumes and they're emotionally exhausted. Well, in my Catalyst program, I retroactively fit the burnout equation and solve to create Anchor Highlight Activate, or AHA. Instead of feeling depersonalized, we anchor into personal meaning and mission. Instead of feeling low perceived achievement, we highlight feedback and milestones. And instead of emotional exhaustion, we learn to activate embodied energy so that we can show up to work enthusiastic. If you are an independent, functional, or integrative practitioner, I'm talking to you right now. If you're like me and you leapt out of the frying pan of conventional allopathic medicine and into the fire that is medical entrepreneurship, you're having fun, but you're also realizing we all have to take a bite of one shit sandwich or another. There's going to be challenging parts of every occupation and running your own clinic can be very challenging. 
we aren't taught any business or HR tactics. And when suddenly you are a practitioner and you're responsible for a front desk or medical assistants or nurses or other people in your team, it can feel exhausting on your shoulders. So what many of us do is we look for an office manager because we don't want to have to deal with those things. We just want to help patients. Well, I've got some news for you. This is not something that we should dismiss as practitioners. These skills not only are going to help bring your team together in this catalyst culture of collaboration, but it also levels you up as a person painting your own work-life masterpiece. So let's begin with a case review. Just side note, the names, details, any of these facts have been changed to protect the Catalyst mentees in my mentorship. This is coming from several different case studies that have a common theme of feeling burned out with an inefficient front desk and systems that might need some, let's just say, spit shine and polish. In this case, we're going to describe what the front desk situation is like. This practitioner, we will call this practitioner Dr. Susan, and she was noticing her staff is coming in late, not all the time, but enough that it's a bit annoying. She also noticed that she wasn't quite sure who to talk to about certain things like uploading lab results or ordering test kits. It felt like multiple people were cross-trained, which was great, but there wasn't consistency on who was going to be assigned that task. So often, many staff were doing the same thing. Dr. Susan also noticed that there wasn't a timely response to some of her text messages. So she resorted to Slack channels and then email. And she didn't quite know how to get her attention to the staff of urgent things. So she felt like she had to circle back every hour or at the end of the day to make sure she could micromanage whether certain things got done. Dr. Susan also felt very frustrated. She heard that someone might be leaving because they weren't happy at her office. And due to this inconsistent communication and none of this very direct discussion, she felt scared and frustrated. She wanted just to help patients. She didn't want to have to be human resources. And unfortunately, the problems are ballooning so large that she's feeling burned out. And she's done this before. She would hang her hopes on the next person that she would bring in to fill the spot of the person that left, only to be right at the same spot in a few months or in a year. It felt too painful to confront the staff and understand fully what the problems were because it felt like there were so many problems. And then that next person that would fill that role had a huge task of not only excavating the problems, but then fixing them. So let's talk about applying the AHA technique. First, we'll start with anchoring. I asked Dr. Susan, let's anchor your vision in response to the values you would like to be seen and witnessed at the front desk. When a patient comes into your waiting room, what would you like to envision? It's almost like a creative exercise. You're coming down from an alien planet, standing in that waiting room, and very factually, what would you like to see? Not emotionally, just factually. 
she went on and described a clean waiting area with organized magazines, and she described a diffuser of essential oils and happy staff at the front desk. The phones were barely ringing in her new vision, which is unlike what was happening now, and she felt that the front desk had energy. The staff sitting there were eager to greet the patient, and she could count on them being at work very promptly. She felt that in her new vision, she knew exactly which staff member to ask questions depending on the task, whether it was labs or prior authorizations. And finally, she felt confident that criticisms could be taken with the intention of growth rather than with a feeling that they failed or there might be buildup of resentment. She felt that this whole new vision would reflect her values of care and concern and authenticity. So after we talked about this future vision, we did a core value identification exercise. She could distill down her core values into four main values that she would like reflected at the front desk. This would anchor her vision. And those values were punctuality, efficiency, care and concern, and feedback. The reason we start with anchoring values is key because every decision made after this, every communication pattern, every email, every newsletter can mention and reflect these core values. It becomes that drumbeat of your culture. It becomes that all-inclusive psychological safety that you start with. Creativity can't happen unless we feel safe in this environment. And psychological safety is easier when we have familiarity. So the more we speak our values, the more we remind our staff that our decisions and our requests are coming from that root of our values, it feels wonderful. It doesn't feel personal or unpredictable. It feels very predictable. Your values are going to be reflected in your business. So that's the first step of the AHA method, anchor, highlight, activate. After we anchored the core values, we moved to highlight. In this case, we want to highlight milestones and feedback opportunities to help staff grow. When you're in the middle of perhaps gossip or maybe not the quite best fit of skills for a task at hand, maybe staff aren't aware of their own strengths or weaknesses, and there's a lot of redundancy, a lot of inefficiencies. It's best to highlight milestones and feedback opportunities so we all can get on the same page. So this specific instance, Dr. Susan really never felt the need to have meetings. And I get you. Most meetings can be emails. However, when you're dealing with things that are very inefficient and quite painful to address, it is much better to put out a timeline of meetings and commit to them. It's the only way to help build that trust and that collaborative culture. Once things are on autopilot and there's a lot of good streamlined systems, then you might go to email meetings or you can decrease your frequency of meetings to maybe once a month. But until then, I highly recommended that we start with weekly meetings. So Dr. Susan was taught that having a goal for each meeting is really important. It would help prevent it from just being a social hour, which would be fun, but it really doesn't accomplish what we're here for. 
So what we did is we outlined a list of 10 things that she would like to solve. Here's an example of a few of them. She wanted to have explicit assignments for certain tasks. Example, all the labs that are received are going to be uploaded into the electronic medical charts by George. And all the scheduling mistakes must be corrected within 48 hours by Tracy. And as she went down the list, she devised her own rule book and consequences, not for shame or for punishment, but for expectations. If we don't have a consequence or a remedy for a scheduling mistake, for example, then we're not giving our staff that autonomy and agency to correct their mistakes and also understand that we're going to make mistakes. So we went down her task list of 10 and she expertly outlined what she would like to see happen and the explicit consequences or remedies of situations. She assigned a person, she had SOPs, which are um, operating procedures so that she could streamline her efficiencies. And after highlighting these, she felt so much better that she could pledge to have one meeting a week and assign one goal at each meeting. For example, this meeting, we are going to talk about our streamlining of communication and agree by the end of the meeting on one channel of communication, such as Slack, email, texting, Voxer, whatever. But when you have 5 million ways that people can get a hold of you, it's definitely inviting chaos. So having explicit goals at each of her meetings is very flow channeled. We also talked about highlighting these feedback opportunities and creating this cadence of her own flow channeled meetings, starting with wins, because we love dopamine. That helps us get into flow. So she starts each meeting announcing what's going well, reflecting on last week's progress. Thank you, Peter, for organizing the break room. It feels so much better. I really like the fresh plants that you brought in. Okay, now today's meeting, the goals are, and then she would proceed. At the end of the meeting, she then would make sure to mention the next meeting time and also an anonymous way that people can give feedback. This enhances that psychological comfort. Some people feel very comfortable giving you feedback right away, right to your face, and that's great. But you also want to provide an anonymous suggestion box. We have blind spots, just like everybody. And sometimes it can feel difficult if there's a power dynamic to mention something that might be a little upsetting. So make sure you're having some suggestion boxes or an anonymous Google form that people can submit. Okay, so we've covered anchor, the values, we've covered highlights, the milestones and feedback. Now we moved on to the last phase, which is activating embodied energy so we prevent emotional exhaustion. Burnout happens to everybody in every industry. The world is going to always have burnout. And in order for us to help excavate this and pedal through it, we need to learn how to activate our own embodied energy. This is something I don't see many clinics do. But a lot of my Catalyst mentees understand that starting with acknowledgement of this energy in your body is almost curative. So starting your staff meetings with a feelings wheel or even posting the feelings wheel, which you can Google and print it out, it is incredibly, amazingly helpful because a lot of us are disconnected. We're like little walking heads on a stick. 
And if you can get people to look at a feelings wheel before the meeting starts and just point, or even just be self-aware that they are feeling something and ask where that somatic address is, where does that live in their body? That builds that authentic communication that is necessary to build your own catalyst culture and enhance that psychological safety. So we started talking about embodying this energy, increasing this interoception of where your body is in this moment, where your feelings are at. Also, we encourage Dr. Susan to use this language often in her clinic. It wasn't just during the meetings, but even during other daily things. If she noticed she was feeling agitated, she was to speak about it. I'm feeling agitated and it feels like my throat is constricting. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to participate in some state changes. State changes can be anything from silent breathing, meditation, jumping up and down, anything to regulate your system. If you're feeling low energy, you can activate more energy with different inspiration and expiration breath work. You can also jump up and down, shake or dance. If you're feeling too activated, you can downshift with vagal toning exercises like swaying or humming, gargling. There's the havening technique, the Rosenberg reset, EFT or tapping, lots of vagal toning exercises. You as a practitioner modeling this awareness of energy, emotions, and how to change your state will go a long way to changing your culture. You see, active recovery is that fourth phase of the flow cycle. It's so crucial and important. The flow cycle is four phases. It starts with struggle, right? Where your skills and challenges are almost matched. So there's a little bit of cortisol because it's a little hard, but then you go into the release phase with nitric oxide, alpha brain waves. It's an expansion. That's the aha moment. And then you get to dip into flow. That's the third phase of the flow cycle. Things feel easy on autopilot. And finally, the active recovery, the fourth phase, often neglected because in this hustle culture, we're all about productivity. But really, the hidden secret of flow is that fourth phase, the active recovery, that contraction when you look inward and you downshift and you attend to your parasympathetics, your cold therapy, your saunas, your meditation, your massages, your non thinking time. It allows your brain to assimilate. Your hippocampus communicates with your prefrontal cortex. You get to sequence and synthesize all the information that you are learning. This is how you can help your staff by activating your own embodied energy. So this aha method did wonders for a front desk makeover. Try and apply it in your situation. Start by anchoring your values and envisioning your ideal future, whatever problem you're encountering in your own clinic. Then highlight, highlight milestones and feedback opportunities. Try to use some of those ideas we talked about for your next meeting to create more of a flow channeled cadence, starting with wins and ending with ability for feedback. And then finally, activate your own embodied energy by role modeling this with your staff. And you can become the catalyst that we need to transform healthcare. Thank you for listening and subscribing. As a physician who survived my own burnout by prescribing creativity, I love teaching others how to apply the neuroscience of flow 
to redesign their work-life masterpiece in a world where burnout will always exist. If you can, join me for my very first virtual Catalyst Symposium. It is a five-day boot camp, 30 minutes a day on Zoom, January 23rd through 27th at noon central time. It will be jam-packed with a workbook, core values identification, cortisol-busting methods, boundary work, strategies, future-proofing methods, all sorts of things, especially if you are an integrative and functional practitioner looking to expand your own anti-burnout and flow channel practice. But guess what? If you're a medical student, resident, and just a regular doctor, any specialty is welcome. Everybody can learn from these crucial evidence-based techniques. I'm distilling down my favorite activities and they will be presented to you for a super cheap price because this is the seeds I'm planting for the vision I have to create a world without burnout in healthcare. I'm hoping to expand this small pilot program into a larger scaled program for schools, residencies, and hospitals to include CME. So if you'd like to join me on the bottom floor, come on down, drlarasalier.com forward slash symposium. And I hope to see you there. Keep coloring outside the lines. <laughs>